the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of ED. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP to get $15 off your first month of treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. Lastly, we're brought to you by the SGPN app. The SGPN app gives you easy access to all of our picks, podcasts, and it's the exclusive place to enter all of our contests, including a $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store. What up, what up, DGens? Dan Titus here with the NBA Gambling Podcast, hosted by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And we're here recording, actually, on Wednesday night. I'm joined by the man, you know well, sports nerd, Munaf Manji. What's good, bro? How you doing today? Fresh off a great pod with Zach earlier today. Yeah, man, we recorded one this morning. Uh, always excited to talk hoops, whether it's with you, whether it's uh, Sean or Ryan, man. Love talking hoops, man. Glad to be here with you tonight. I know we're at halftime in a, in a snoozer. I think we both agreed. Uh, yes, sir. In the Suns and Nuggets game. But hopefully we have a more exciting second half. Yeah, hopefully it gets a little bit better, man. We'll talk a little bit about this game, just early thoughts. Um, and then we'll get into what's up on Thursday. We'll give you our best plays for that, as well as our player props in the prop shop. And then give you some of our best bets for the slate. So, you know, before we get started, man, I think a couple of news, uh, a couple of news dropped earlier today. The Defensive Player of the Year Award was given out to Rudy Gobert. Want to get yep. your early takes on that? Do you think that that was the right choice? And, I mean, he was the odds-on favor for much of the season, so he pretty much just executed. It's his third third time winning the award in four years. What's what's your uh, feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it was a two-horse race between uh, Rudy Gobert and I think Ben Simmons, probably the other guy on the radar. But, I mean, you take a look at Rudy Gobert's numbers. He averaged 13 rebounds per game. Um three blocks it's always usually the guy that's probably one or two in that block category that's usually going to win the the award I mean I'm not mad about it I think it's more of a boring award for me because I'm more of an offensive guy um but yeah I mean yeah well I will say this he did make history during some elite company by being I think one of four players or five players one of four I think to win it three times in a row so um you know, it's it, 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 it's kind of getting boring with him winning. So hopefully it motive, kind of motivates some of these other guys to do better next season to get this award because we do have some great defensive players. You know, I think Giannis is an underrated good defensive player in the regular season. Um, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, uh, and there's a lot of like dogs. Like we talked about P.J. Tucker. I think that should be in a conversation for that also. So um, I think another maybe a guy early on next season that might be Putting some money down for defensive player of the year next year might be Jared Allen. I think that's a guy to keep an eye on. That's a good rebounder and a guy that can block shots. So um, congrats, uh, Rudy Gobert. Hopefully that's the only uh, trophy that team will be lifting this year, um, along with Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year, but only two trophies for that team. What do you think? Right. Props to Rudy Gobert. You mean you can't hate on the guy. I mean, he's he's a 
he's great in the post, man. He's he's really yeah. good at swatting shots, and I think that that's really what's given the much of the appeal of the award is ultimately if you're leading the league in steals or leading the league in blocks, it's usually grounds for the award. Now, I was surprised at how much how many first place votes he got compared to Ben Simmons. I mean, I'm looking at the awards and looks like he got Rudy got 84 first place. Ben only got 15. Mm-hmm. Ben got 67 second place and, and Rudy got 14. So, you know, to your point, it was a two man race. Some other notable names that I thought it was kind of interesting that made the list. Um, mm-hmm. Giannis finished fourth in the voting. Draymond Green finished third. And then also some other notable names. I thought it was great that the Sixers actually had three people on the list. So Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Matisse Thybul, um actually got some votes as well. I think much of the other names seem like they should be there. Contavious Caldwell-Pope had a really good season for the Lakers. Miles Turner, he was hurt for a lot of the season, so I think that that hurt his chances. Mm-hmm. Um, Clint Capella, obviously a great post dude. And Bam Adebayo, obviously deserving with his with his fine play too. So for sure. not mad at the award. It's So Rudy won it for the third time. He's only the, the – I believe he's the fourth person to win fourth. at least three. Yeah. Yeah. And then Dwight Howard won it three consecutive seasons, so he joins him. But the yep. only people that won it four times is Dikembe Mutombo and Ben Wallace. So yep. both of those guys are Hall of Famers. So League company. Yeah, and you got to figure Dwight Howard's probably going to get the Hall of Fame nod too. So, I mean, you, yeah. I think Rudy's certainly making a case for that. And if he can get a ring, I mean, I'm not banking on it. I think Utah's going <laughs> to end up – I don't know if they're going to win it. But, yeah, the Utah just had a great season. This really caps it off, so – um, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm not mad at it. I think it's just going to be more motivation, honestly, for the Sixers. I, I think you could argue that Embiid feels like he got snubbed for MVP. Ben Simmons feels like he got snubbed for defensive player of the year. Watch out Hawks. Cause this is where it's going to be Sixers in six. Um, there you go. <laughs> Good transition yeah, into the Sixers, huh? <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> Let's do that. So I want to get your take on on the game coming up uh i guess the previous game and then the game coming up man what are your do you think that the the momentum has swung in the sixers favor or do you think that yeah. this is really going to be uh is this going to go the long haul we know how much success atlanta has had at home yeah. especially you know towards the end of the season going into the postseason do you sure. think that this is going to be a, a great spot for atlanta to get back on track and regain the series lead or do you think the sixers have something brewing here yeah, I think this was we talked about this this morning with uh, me and Zach and um, quickly want to get your thoughts. I'll, I'll, I'll just give my points. I know you're the Sixers fan, but my points were from game two. I think it was a must win for them for sure, because you didn't want to go down 0-2 heading into Atlanta, where Atlanta plays really well at home. Right. And I think the, the adjustments that uh, the um, the Sixers made in the second game was really trying to limit Trey Young and McDonovich. And they did that. I believe they were combined like three of 16 from three point land. They held Trey Young in check. He also had a bad shooting night. And I think the story for me right now has been that second half uh, of this series and the first two games, right? Sixers are outscoring the Hawks in that second half, 131 to 101. So plus 30 in the second half. So I think Doc Rivers and that coaching staff are doing a great job of, of making the adjustments. And again, Joel Embiid, torn meniscus or slide terror or whatever he's due is still ball and he's averaging what 39 and a half points through the first two games so until they're not going to be able to stop uh joel Embiid, i think sixers will will make will make easy work of the hawks i do think that this will be two two after game four 
Sixers will come back home, uh, try to get that 3-2 lead. And then at that point, they've just got to win one out of the next two games. So uh, I think they'll split uh, just like they did in the first two games here. It's fair, man. And just my, my thoughts on the game, I thought we saw a more assertive Tobias Harris. I think he was looking to find his shot. He shot 19 times. We saw Seth Curry. You know, he was lights out as well. And I think he's going to be one of the those pivotal scores that they're going to need, you know, an additional asset because Ben Simmons only took three shots. Now, yeah. much of his time was spent guarding, you know, Trey Young and, and keeping Bogdanovich on, on, his, on his heels. Mm-hmm. And we saw the explosion out of Shake Milton. And I think that that was really the game changer. It was much of a game until Shake got in there. And I've really been questioning, like a lot of Sixers fans, how Doc Rivers has been utilizing his rotations. And he's still utilizing a really deep bench. Like he's got a 10, 11 man rotation. And usually you see in the playoffs, people are tightening this up like seven, eight people. So this was a really, this could have gone, this could have gone left. Like if shake was missing shots, man, I would be pissed off as hell right now being like, doc, why are you playing shake? He's been playing like shit, whatever, but it worked out in their favor. And I'm still questioning why Furkan Korkmaz is getting minutes right now. Mike Scott saw a minute, but like, dude, Mm -hmm. just, Stay, stay off, stay on the bench. But going back to game three, yeah, they, I agree with you. I think that the Sixers and the Hawks are probably going to split this one. And once it goes back to Philly, I think that's when they're going to take care of business and end the series. But overall, man, I think that the, the Hawks aren't far away, man. Like they shut down Trey Young. I think that we can see Trey get a little bit more confidence in game three. They'll probably make some adjustments to probably free up, you know, maybe get some more screen and rolls, make him a little bit more active. I think one thing's for sure uh, Trey Young is really good at drawing fouls. And until the league yeah. really addresses, you know, him drawing contact and leaning in, I think that they're still going to be competitive. Um, even though the Sixers pulled away late, I think that this this game was actually closer than it appeared. Currently seeing it at minus one. I think the line just posted before we got on. So the Sixers are favored by a point going into Atlanta for game three. Interesting. And yeah. interesting. So I know the, the news came out earlier today that DeAndre Hunter has been ruled out for the season. So yeah. that's yeah. going to be a big blow for them. I know that they were expecting to get him back. And I think that that could have been one of those one of those good defensive players that ascending offensive talents that really could have helped them propel them, um, especially could have been helpful on, on guarding Tobias Harris. But uh, they'll be missing him for the rest of the season. So I think we'll see a lot of Danilo Gallinari. Uh, going forward and Kevin Herter as well, who's been also playing phenomenally well. Completely right. skipped over uh, MVP. So you want to get into that <laughs> real quick before we get to the other game? Yeah, yeah, let's do that, man. I, I, you know, I can't argue with it, man. Jokic was the best player. I'd say he was the most available player and the best of the available players all season, man. The guy was consistent. He balled out, averaged over eight assists, one of the most highest assist totals for a center ever in, in NBA history. Yep. He propelled the Denver Nuggets to the three seed. You can't you can't say much more, man. He was just phenomenal this season. So I'm not mad at it. I think rightfully so. With Joel Embiid missing 21 games this season, I think he was the the second place um, candidate for the for the award, along with Steph Curry, who was yep. also certainly worthy of being in consideration. But I think it's a no brainer. Jokic should have been consensus MVP. Yeah, I mean. He played all 72 games, which is really incredible in a year where it was a short offseason and we saw a lot of injuries across the board. Um, you know, for Joel Embiid, he only played 51 games. You know, we, you know, he was in, that, in and out of the lineup. He missed some extensive time, I think, with that hyperextended knee. So, but, you 
I mean, Jokic, I, I'm not mad about it. I mean, it's not the big, sexy MVP that we see every single year, but there's no, deny, no denying what Jokic did this season. He averaged, you know, like you mentioned, 26 points, close to a triple-double, close to 11 rebounds, and eight assists, uh, shot 39% from three-point land. Um, thir- he was the best player efficiency rating in the entire league. And I think going back to... I don't know how many years I can go back, but I think that player that's had the highest player efficiency rating has usually won the MVP, but he led the league in double doubles uh, this season, 60 out of the 72 games he played in. He had a double double, 16 triple doubles. I mean, the list goes on and on for this guy. And like you mentioned, willing this team into the three seed uh, quietly that we really didn't even talk about Denver Nuggets that much this season because the focus is always on the LA teams and Brooklyn and, uh, Utah and Phoenix this season but you know congrats to him I think that's a huge accomplishment especially for a guy that got drafted in the second round to go to, from a second round draft pick to winning MVP I think that's an incredible story so congrats to Nikola Jokic on one winning the uh, MVP this season. Facts and yeah to piggyback off your PER statistic it's been the sixth consecutive year that the leader in PER has won the award more importantly nine out of 11 years yeah, uh, the PER has 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 won the award. So uh, clearly, the writers and the the people that are allowed to vote value that statistic over most. So uh, no surprise that Jokic got a, got the award. And yeah. I mean, he was the last. I mean, who was the last center to get MVP? I'm sitting here looking down the list, man. We're we're going down to like was it Hakeem or Shaq? Might, I don't know. Shaq, Shaq in yeah. 2000. Yep. Yeah. Couple, couple power forwards in the midst of that, but you know the Dirks, the Garnets, and the Duncans. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, man. So that's even more. That's even more reason to like really salute the guy, man. It, you can't doubt this man, man. He was he was oh, he was phenomenal sure. all season. Hundred percent agree. All right, so let's get to the action, man. Let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets going to Milwaukee to face the Bucks up 2-0. and really looking like they're they're on their way to a sweep here. I see that. Uh, Bucks are three-point favorites right now. How are you betting this game? Do you think that the Bucks can actually turn around? Vegas seems to still have confidence in them. Yeah, I mean, I think the only plus for the Bucks will or going into Game Three is number one, they're at home, and number two, I mean, the shooting cannot get any worse for this team, right? I mean, we talk about regression and going back to the mean. They're expecting Milwaukee to come out and, and just have a better shooting night. I said this in game two. I think everybody was on the Milwaukee Bucks in game two thinking they would bounce back. But until they show me something, I'm going to continue to back this Brooklyn Nets team. Um, You're giving me three points with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, who have just been absolutely fantastic in the first two games, especially their role players we've talked about with Mike James and Blake Griffin and Nick Claxton and Landry Shamit, Joe Harris. It's been a complete team effort for them. And when you're two superstars, are playing at the level they are, I think that's uh, that's something I'm going to continue to back until I see Mike uh, Budenholzer make the adjustments because we've talked about he's not good at in-game adjustments. It seems like that he's not making the game-to-game adjustments either. So I'm going to continue to back this Nets team. Uh, I think the public and uh, the public will see that the the Bucks are back at home down 0-2, and we always see the narrative that teams going back home down 0-2 are, are majority getting the bets. But until I see that they have something that they can stop Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the defensive end, uh, I'm going to continue to back this Nets team. 
I'm with you, man. And I'm looking at the money line for this game, plus odds for the Brooklyn Nets at plus 138. Yeah. Sign me up for that, man. It's, it's worth the it's worth the gamble, in my opinion, just based off of the fact that even if Milwaukee is going to make shots, they have yet to show me anything defensively that's going to combat the Nets offense. Like right. they have every it's not like it's just Durant and Kyrie going off. Joe Harris is doing his thing. Landry Shamit's doing his thing. Blake Griffin looks like the Blake Griffin of old. Yep. You know, we were joking about him diving on the floor, doing these hustle plays. But to be honest, Blake wasn't doing that in the regular season. And I think that it's those momentum plays. And I think they're all feeling themselves right now. And I, I can't, I'm with you, man. I can't, the Bucks haven't shown me anything and they're defending Giannis really well. And yep. if, you're, if you're stopping Giannis, you have Chris Middleton befuddled. Even if he's on, man, I, I don't I don't see that they're they're gonna get out of this rut. So until they show me something, I'm back in Brooklyn, plus three and a half. Uh, I'm I'm good with that. And money line plus odds, even better. Yeah, and I think um like you said, that they don't have guys that can guard the the two-headed monster of the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, PJ Tucker is a guy that can give you fits, but I talked about this morning is that Kevin Durant, a seven foot guy that has so much versatility in his skills and the way he can get to anywhere on the floor and, and make a basket. And at that point, he could just shoot over you. They don't have that guy unless they're going to put Giannis on him. Even when Giannis was guarding KD in game two, Kevin Durant was cooking him, man. And I think that I mentioned this this morning to Zach also was when Kevin Durant was doing that post game interview with, with uh, the, that sideline reporter, um, the focus was still there. Like he was not satisfied that they got their two games here at home. He's like, yeah, this is what we needed to do. We still got a whole bunch of more work to do. No nothing is finished yet. So he still has that focus. I'm sure Kyrie still has that focus. And I think that's going to translate to the team. So I think you got to give a shout out to his entire Brooklyn Nets team uh, for what they've been able to do through the two games so far. I feel that. How do you feel about the game total here? We sitting at 234. I see yeah. right now. Does that give you, I'm looking at some of the, as I was looking at some of the player props, man, they got some, uh, they got some uh, pretty bold assumptions here. So it <laughs> looks like they're playing on everybody to get, to get plenty of opportunities to score the rock here. Do you like 234? Are you comfortable with that number? I think at some point, this one of these games is half going to go over, right? Because we've seen the Brooklyn Nets be consistent in the first two games. I didn't think they had a great shooting night from three-point land in game one, uh, did the uh, Brooklyn Nets. They were 15 of 39 for 38%, but I think they can do better than that. Um, and then in game two, 125, they dropped. Um, but I think a lot of those points, yeah, 60 of those points came in the second half. They scored 65 in the first half. So I think we're going to continue to see that effort from the Brooklyn Nets. It's just, I think for me, if you like the over, it's probably going to have to be in game three because you expect Milwaukee to shoot better. I don't think you get any worse for the Brooklyn, sorry, for the Milwaukee Bucks. So uh, I'll lean towards the over. I think this number opened higher and it's come down a little bit, but um, if it continues to fall here, maybe if we get it at 233 tomorrow, I'll probably pull the trigger on the over. I dig it. I dig yep. it. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. So uh, yeah. yeah, we'll get into game two for the clippers and jazz right after that WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the win las vegas experience 
Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer for up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply, but get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you've come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. So getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving the home. Complete an online visit today to connect with your doctor and take care of it. So lastly, just go to GetRoman.com SGP and get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com SGP. Get started now and save $15 on your first month of treatment. All right, so let's talk Jazz and Clippers game two. What are your thoughts on this one, man? So the game that I saw was give the ball to Donovan Mitchell and attack the shit out of the rim. Just (laughs) give him the rock, get out of the way, and watch him do his thing. Man, he is so dynamic, man. I'm trying to draw comparisons of, like, who he he reminds me of. It's kind of, to me, he always gives me flashes of, like, Dwayne Wade, for some reason, Mm -hmm. pun intended. Um, (laughs) And I guess it just so happens that he's the owner now, but yeah. Something about him, man, he, he, the way that he has is he's definitely a better shooter than Dwayne Wade was, but the way he yeah. attacks the rim, the way he plays off the pick and roll, and the way that he's so shifty and can get to the rack when he wants, I love his game, man. And you you said it well. Um, you had him going over 28 and a half points. He blew through that, you know, dropping a 40 piece. Yeah. The dude the dude is so dynamic. Do you think that there's – with if Mike Conley's out again, 100%, we'll, we'll take it to the prop, shot again, prop shop yeah. again later, but – Certainly seeing him going off yet again if, if Conley's out of the lineup. So right now I'm seeing that Conley is questionable yet again. So we don't know if he's going to go, but them getting that that first victory kind of gives them a little bit of breathing room not to rush him back. Um, it's not like they have any um, urgency, at least right now. Are you expecting the Clippers to do something to, um, you know, even this series or do something differently? Because I think yeah. we saw a lot of, the biggest thing that I saw from the Clippers side was just deferring. It looked yeah. like Kawhi Leonard was not wanting to take certain shots down the stretch. Paul George, it was like the Marcus Morris show. And I was really surprised at how much they kept on giving him the rock. And he, he had the ultimate green light and he had plenty of opportunities to score it. But, you know, it only, only wound up losing by a small margin. But I'm expecting a better showing out of the Clippers in game two. Yeah, and I, when we talk about players having that it factor, uh, I think Donovan Mitchell is a guy that has it, right? Because he has this swagger to his game and he backs it up. And it, I just love the way this guy plays basketball. If his shot's not falling, he's going to get to the basket, trying to get an end one or finish around the basket. That's something I just love about Donovan Mitchell. I wish he was in another market, not playing for the Utah Jazz, because I think everybody hates the Utah Jazz. But I still, I love him as a player. And um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they can stop this guy because – 
I thought Memphis was a better defensive team than the Clippers, but they didn't have an answer for him for Donovan Mitchell either. So far in the five postseason games that he's played in 31 minutes, he's average. He's he's shooting or he's averaging 32 points per game. And I think I think that it's gonna continue, especially being at home. He might slow down in LA, but I think there's something about um Donovan Mitchell playing well in Utah. And I think that's gonna continue tomorrow. I'm not sure what the answer will be for the Clippers to stop him where they put Paul George or Kawhi on him. I'm not sure. And I think your point about Kawhi, I think he may just be gassed from the last series. I think he probably just needed a couple more days off before the series started. You're right. He kind of looked like he was deferring to Paul George and Paul George was deferring to him and they're passing the rock around to other guys. So when you only have 43 combined points from your two superstars, that's not going to get it done for you. And I think, um, I'm going to, so getting back to this game three, I think that, oh, sorry, game two, uh, I'm going to stay with Utah, man. I, I think this altitude is going to affect this Clippers team because they had a, a grueling seven games with the Dallas Mavericks and they had a quick turnaround to play Utah in game one. Um, it's like, for me, there's two teams in the West that I don't want to bet against them when they're at home. That's Phoenix number one, and then Utah number two. So I'm going to stay with the, uh, Jazz in game uh, two tomorrow night against the Clippers. Oh, even though you picked the Clips to win it all, or at least I get did, to the championship. To the finals, yeah. I, I yeah. think it'll turn around once they get home, but it, it's just hard to bet against this Utah team at home, man. It, at least for me. I, I could be completely wrong tomorrow. That Clippers just come out and blow them out, but uh, because they're at home, I'll just take Utah for right now. I dig it. I mean, that cl- that crowd was electric. So, yeah, man. you know, there's something to say about the energy that was in that that building um, and just the show that that Donovan Mitchell and team put on. Um, it's going to be hard to combat that. I'm going to yeah. ride with the Clippers, man. I think that they're going to okay. try to steal one out in Utah. I was I was at least I, it gave me more comfort that they actually made it a game in the fourth, despite everything that seemed to be going wrong um, in terms of like the deferment of the players uh, wanting to shoot. Um, a lot of turnovers late in the game that, that I felt probably could have been saved, you know, a couple errant throws. Um, but what we did see is, you know, Rudy Gobert has been making a lot of free throws in the clutch. I think that that small ball lineup, I'm curious to see what Ty Lue tries to deploy going forward because Rudy Gobert certainly impacted the game late. Didn't seem like the, uh, the Clippers could grab a rebound on some yeah. of those plays. So, uh, I don't, maybe we see more Zubac. Um, I don't know, a little, maybe a little bit less of Nicholas Batum. But either way, I, I think the Clippers can cover this three and a half points. What are your thoughts on the game total here? Yeah. Seeing it at uh, 221. 221. Yep, yeah. 221. What are your thoughts uh, it, here? Yeah, I think it's at the same number that it was for game one, I believe. Um, or it may have gone, I think it was at 222 or 222 and a half when it closed. Um, I'm, you know, in game one, I think Utah has scored their first 12 points. And after that, I think they missed like 21 straight shots, which right. was kind of incredible to see. Um, and this still, this game almost still got over. I think the offense has really picked up in that second half for both of these teams. And I think we'll see a better shooting night from both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and, and the uh, Utah Jazz also, because you kind of take a look at um, the stat box from game one. Uh, quickly trying to pull it up here. Um the Utah Jazz were 17 of 50 from three-point land, 34%. And the Clippers were 16 of 42, 38%, which is not bad. But um, I think it'll be more efficient offense. Uh, 
Utah really likes pushing the pace at home and they like getting up and down the floor and, and getting those three point shots to their shooters. So um, it almost seems like I'm taking the over in every single game, but uh, with these two type of offenses and the ability to shoot three pointers, um, I'll, I'll stick with the over here. If it comes down to around 220, 220 and a half, I'll pull it on the over, but I still, sorry, I still like it at 221. I dig it. Um, yeah, I, I like, I'm going to go the, yeah, I'm going to think I'm going to go the over here, man. Just, just based off of what we saw yesterday or yeah, yesterday. Yeah. The Clippers scored 60 points in the first half. Um, and despite the jazz missing 20 shots in a row, they were only down by 13 at the half, which is yeah. actually pretty close. Consider all things considered it was really, the, and then it was the tail of two halves and then the Clippers couldn't buy a bucket in the second half. So yep. yeah, I think that this is going to be a pretty high scoring affair. Both teams are, love to shoot the three-pointer or very good at it. So I think this is going to be another one of those uh, high pace, a uh, lot of possessions per 100 possession type game. So yep. yeah, give me the over here at 221. Like it. I wanted to get I'm your thoughts on, guys. sorry, the uh, the rotation that um, Ty Lu was, or at least some minutes allocation that he was kind of throwing out there in game one, or if he was just experimenting because we saw how Reggie Jackson was inserted into the starting lineup uh, halfway through that series against the Mavericks, and he also got the start in game one. He only played 17 minutes, but then the two guys off the bench that played heavier minutes were Rajon Rondo at 28, and then Luke Kennard was the guy that we also talked about. We said, why wasn't he getting minutes? And he had 29 in game one. But then the interesting part for me was that only Patrick Beverly and Terrence Mann got six minutes and eight minutes each. So what are your kind of thoughts on which guys should be playing as far as matchups or things like that? Yeah, it was, it was pretty weird. I don't, I don't, I don't know what Reggie Jack was going on with Reggie Jackson, man. I think he was like getting, it was something was getting in his head because he was playing very active defense, but it seemed like the refs did not like anything that he was doing because he got six, six fouls pretty quick. Um, yeah. It looked definitely mad frustrated. So you know, I, I'm not going to be surprised if we see more Rajon Rondo here because I think he's a better defender than um, than Reggie Jackson. Was a bit surprised at Luke Kennard's minutes, but he this is the most efficient he's probably been in a long time. I mean, he shot yeah. seven for nine, four for six from deep. So I think inserting him in there was definitely the wise decision. I think we'll see more Zubach and DeMarcus Cousins, though. Um, mm -hmm. I think that that was an interesting – your call, actually, you were mentioning that we'll, we'll see more Cousins. I think yeah. that they're going to try to bully them a little bit more because right now you saw how easily Donovan Mitchell was getting to the rim. They're going to need a rim protector. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see a little bit of a bigger lineup, those bigs getting more in the rotation. And then maybe we'll see a little bit less of Reggie Jackson, move him more to like a six man type of thing where he can get buckets off of that second unit along with Luke Kennard um, and then bring Rondo, give Rondo more time since he's a better defensive and has better IQ than Reggie Jackson. So Curious to see yeah. what happens there. But I think also Terrence Mann would also be a good uh, – just to kind of disrupt defensively. He's very good, big body uh, for 6'7". So I, I could see him going to going to war against Joe Ingles or, you know, Bogdanovich just to give them another look. Yeah, I thought it was just interesting when I was looking at the box score after the game that had minute, minutes allocation for those couple of guys was really interesting. So um, I think they kind of need to establish Pat Beverly a little more, maybe start him. And then if you want to bring Reggie Jackson off the bench for offense, I think – that might be a, a look for Ty Lue to take a look at because you have enough offensively with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Marcus Morris who can knock down three-point shots. And then you also have that defensive versatility with Pat and uh, Nicholas Batum. So um, we'll see if he makes any adjustments in game game two as far as the starting lineup. But it almost seems like that the Clippers, you know, that depth that they have, we talked about that it's really key in the playoffs. 
I think it's better than what the Utah Jazz have because after Donovan Mitchell, they really don't have a guy that can kind of create his own offense. It's really guys that can just shoot the ball. I think the only other guy off the bench would be Jordan Clarkson, Mr. Green Light, like we've discussed. And then um, I think Joe Ingles has to be better for Utah because he only had uh, three for 12 shooting night in game one and one of eight from three point land. So um, they definitely, definitely need to uh, provide some support to Donovan Mitchell on the offensive end. I'm wondering if, um, I don't know, a part of me is wondering, is Pat Beverly washed right now? Like, I find it hard yeah. to believe that he got that he got passed up so quickly. Um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. But I, I'd be surprised that they don't deploy him just to kind of just be that, just be him, right? Like, he's one of those yeah. composite, composite type dudes that he's just annoying as hell. So I feel like you would throw him out there, even if he's picking up a couple fouls. I feel like it's worth it just to disrupt the momentum or or the flow of the offense. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets in there a little bit more, assuming that he has a little bit left in the tank or he's not still battling an injury. Yeah, I think it might be that he's maybe still probably battling an injury because he was out for most of the season. So right. uh, something definitely a couple of things to keep an eye on for at least for the Clippers side. Right. All right. So we're gonna kick it to the prop shop now. Um, Munaf, want to get your first. I know you're going to be dropping an article tomorrow for SGPN and the crew. Are you going mm-hmm. to give a sneak peek into uh, who you're feeling? Yeah, let me take a look here. Um, it's really interesting to see how Chris Middleton is going to respond tomorrow. I see his number at 22 and a half, but I'm still, I don't, I'm not sure I still like it at that number. Um, let's see. I got to keep running with Kevin Durant, man. What do you think? I mean, he's been a monster all, all season, all postseason long. His number's still at 32 and a half. But, you know, going into Milwaukee, I think he's probably going to be playing more minutes. And I don't think it'll be a blowout like it was in game two. So I think I'll start it off with that. Kevin Durant, 32 and a half points. Give me the over. Um, we know we talked about James Harden being out. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are going to have to lean and, and take on that scoring role. Um, so I'll start with Kevin Durant at over 32 and a half points. Yeah, I'm going to tail that one because he had 32 bef- uh, going into that blowout. Once they started to blow away, um, blow the, 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 buck, the bucks away in the last game, yeah. he kind of sat on 32, easily could have gotten another bucket in there. So I like that play in two away games versus uh, the Celtics in, in the first series. He dropped 42 and 39 respectively. So mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what floor this guy is on, man. When he's motivated and pissed off, he's going to get buckets. So I, I like that play. I don't I don't see any reason why Durant doesn't continue to to flourish with no one. There's no one that can check him. Like if it's going to be yeah. P.J. Tucker, that's going to be mid range back downs all day. Um, so I'm going to roll. I actually I was going to I was going to ride with um, with Chris Middleton. Just not his points play, man. I I don't like the way he's shooting. So rather I'm going to go 11 and a half rebounds and assists. Now, minus okay. last game, you know, he only had six total on this, but the two games prior to that, uh, 13, he had 17, 14, uh, 13 the game before that. So I think we've seen this guy, what he can do in all facets of the game. Even if his shot is not falling, he's usually a pretty active player in the usage. So I think we're going to see, just based on what some of these props are at right now, they're expecting sure. everybody to go off. So. I yeah. think he's going to have his hands not only grabbing the rebounds, but also facilitating the offense. I think we'll see Drew Holiday probably be a little bit more assertive. He hasn't really been aggressive. He only took 10 shots last game, shot yeah. an efficient six for 10. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him be a little bit more um, active, taking on an offensive role rather than being the distributor. Yeah, I, I like it. He's, he's going to have to respond in, in some way here for even for this team to have 
a remote chance of evening the series up or, or getting a game here. So you need your guys to step up if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, whether it's Drew Holiday and, and Giannis and Chris Milton. So it's got to start there for them. Right. Um. Let's see, man. I just one. I just do you see a number? Do you have a three point shooting props uh, over unders there on your book? Yeah, which one you want? It's cra- actually it's kind of crazy if you're, you're if you're gonna select one of the the Brooklyn Nets, man. They're all sitting at like three and a half. <laughs> yeah, so I think the one that's kind of a head scratcher for me. I know he's been kind of struggling, but Brooke Lopez over half a three pointer made. I know it's juiced up to one forty in my book, but Brooke Lopez got knocked down one for me in a game at home, right, Kenny? I was looking at the same one, man. I'm like, Brooke Lopez, I was looking at his points. His points is at like 13 and a half. So that was actually going to be my under, my underplay. But a half a three-pointer, sign yeah. me up, dude. He's definitely going to hit at least one at home. I know he only made one in the Miami series. He was one of one of eight, but it, it almost seems like it's it's too easy of a bet. I'll, I'll fall for it. I'll, I'll take Brooke Lopez on that, on one made three-pointer. I mean... He made two in, in game uh, two against the Brooklyn Nets, 0 of 1 in game one. But uh, being at home where he's probably more comfortable shooting that uh, three-point shot, uh, I just need him to make one. So I'll take the over half on that. I think that was the only other one that I kind of liked. Yeah, interestingly enough, he he shot right about the same at home and away. He made 48 threes, shot 48 of 141 from three at home and 47 of 140 away. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's it's Splash Mountain. I think he's gonna get loose. Like I, he hit a, um, he he he's capable of it, right? Like I think yeah. there's gonna be a mismatch at some point where he's gonna be left on an island. Maybe he's trailing three, you know, coming back down the court. He just splashes one. So I like it, man. It's a very low margin of error there. So I like it. That was only two I had for that game. I don't know if you had anything else for uh, Nets and Bucks. Yeah, I'm gonna go under on on his points on his points prop. Thirteen and a half seems a bit a bit high for me. Okay. He's he's been scoring really well for uh, in general for the playoffs. I mean, he's averaging uh, close to 15 points per game. Um, but I don't I don't know, man. I think he's going to get phased out of this game. I, I think he's he's too big, and the the, the Bucks are going to have to play small in order to keep up. And you know, Brook Lopez, he's a, in a way from he plays away from the basket now. So unless they yeah. start pounding pounding him in the paint like they did in game one. Um, I don't know. I think they just got there. They were relying on him more so because no one else was making a shot for two games. And I think yeah. if we see the others get more active, that's only going to decrease from his opportunity. So I'm going to take the under on Brooke Lopez, 13 and a half points. I like it. With that guy, it's always hit and miss. And I think you just hit the nail on the head that um, the Nets like going small. So that kind of puts him in an awkward position. So um I, I like it man hopefully it's he hopefully he hits one three-pointer for us and that's pretty much it for him in the end it's game gonna be, it's gonna be like six six point six or seven points man he's gonna knock down the one three maybe a couple free yeah. throws on an and one or something and then he's gonna do nothing <laughs> there you go um, um you yeah let's go to, yeah let's go to the next let's go to the next game man what are you feeling okay. for the jazz and clippers are you riding uh, the, are you riding the mitchell train i got to right i mean even though it's at 31 and a half um I'll continue to write that over. I, it, it might be a bad bet, but uh, Don, he's been cooking, man. I mean, you you the ride the hot hand, right? And he didn't have a good uh, shooting, I think, in the first half. And I think he had like a chat with Dwayne Wade during a timeout or close to halftime. And after that, he just kind of just took off in that second half and took over this game. So I'll continue to write Donovan Mitchell 
over the 31 and a half points uh, game two for uh, Donovan Mitchell. And I'm foolishly going back to the well. I'm expecting a bounce back from Kawhi Leonard, 27 and a half points. I played it last game. He missed it by what? Four points, three points. Um, I think we'll see him be a little bit more aggressive in game two. I don't think he's going to be deferring. I think he saw a lot of success in that second half, taking the ball to the rack. We saw a lot of good um, pick and rolls as well as um, him cutting to the basket and getting easy shots by the rim. I think they'll continue to try to exploit that and get him in closer spots to be effective. So I'm going to take the over on Kawhi Leonard. This is the, this is the moment where the stars show out. So to me, I think this is going to be a battle between Kawhi and Donovan Mitchell, and I'm going to take Mr. Leonard to get over 20, to get 28 points. I like that, man. You're there. If, if the Clippers are going to win, you're going to need a big night from Kawhi Leonard. So 27 and a half kind of seems conservative for the type of player Kawhi Leonard is. Um, Let's see. Uh, do you have any more for this game? I'm kind of so digging around. I, if you I see do. Anything. Yeah, go so ahead. So the next one I'm going to go for is Mr. Greenlight, Marcus <laughs> Morris. And the reason I'm going to get behind Morris, man, like he's had this crazy trend of when he has a shitty game, he goes off the next game. And this goes back to uh, game two against the Mavericks. Start out with nine points, 15 the next, nine points again, 16, four, 23, and nine. So his line is currently at 11 and a half. At minus yeah. one hundred four, sign me up. This guy was—I don't know—I think he's a—he's in a good spot because with the Jazz, when you have Royce O'Neal, he's kind of an undersized four, um, and you know you got Bogdanovich also kind of splitting time there along with Derek Favors occasionally backing up Gobert as well as mm-hmm. uh, playing that four position. He's a stretch forward, the definition of it, and I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities to continue to shoot. He's attempted at least ten shots in his last three, in his last four games. Um, attempted at least 13 in his last in three of his last four. So I don't see that stopping attempted nine, three pointers in his last two games. I think he's for a guy that shot 47% from the regular season from three and from the field, getting up at least 10 shots that to me with one, three pointer, that's going to net over 11 and a half points. So I'm going to take the over on Marcus Morris getting 11 and a half points. I like it, man. Uh, that's a, that's a third guy that they need to step up. Right. And if he knocks down a couple, you know, three-point shots, that's kind of where his rhythm really gets going for him. So, um, again, like we've talked about how a lot of these superstars need that support, whether it's Joe Ingles and Royce O'Neal and Bogdanovich for the Utah Jazz, Marcus Morris is that guy for the L.A. Clippers behind Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, I'll give you one more that I like. I'll take Kawhi Leonard to have at least one block shot. Um, he's, he's been, he, I mean, in, in the Dallas series, he had, um, at least one in four out of the seven games. He didn't get one Tuesday night, but Kawhi Leonard, we know is a great defensive player. So I think the defense will be better for the, uh, Clippers in, uh, game two led by Kawhi Leonard, probably your best defensive player along with Paul George. So, um, I'll take a gander. I mean, it's I'm I'm trying to find these ones that are kind of easy to hit, like the Brook Lopez one three point shot and Kawhi Leonard to get one block shot. So um, Kawhi Leonard at least one block. I think it's at minus one twenty five. So I like that for uh, game two. I like that, man. Um, it's just a lot easier to to play with lower numbers, right? Like I yeah, think, it is. <laughs> and like and I think if you're looking at the game script, Kawhi has been a thief. You know, he's been getting a yep. lot of steals. He always gets a one-off block, man. So I, I like the play. Um, relying on on the claw 
in in a game for for a prop bet is certainly something that I, I can certainly get behind. Yeah, and he plays the heavy minutes too, right? I mean, he he played he'll probably play forty plus minutes, so the opportunities right. will be there for him. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I was kind of looking at a Bogd- Bojan Bogdanovic prop, but um, I was trying to see where his three line is at. Currently seeing it at two and a half. Yeah, two I and a half might- plus money. Yeah, I think I might have to get behind this man. He's hit three in his last three games. Um, not attempting a lot, but he's been extremely efficient. If Conley is not a go again, I could see him still being uh, highly effective in this offense, man. He's riding a streak of I mean, he's just been playing extremely well, man. He's dropped at least uh, 17 points in his last two, getting heavy minutes, 38 in his last game, 31 before that. Yeah. Um, I think I'm like, I'm going to ride Bogdanovich, man. It's a Bogdanovich type of thing. It's something about these, these uh, Bogdanoviches that just love draining threes. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to take him two and a half, man. I think it's that plus money. I think that's a, that's a good bet considering how many threes these teams jack up in the course of the game. So uh, give me two and a half over for Bogdanovich. Yeah, probably their best three-point shooter alongside Ingles. So I expect those two guys to have a better shooting night, especially when in game two, they're only 17 of 50 from three-point land. We know they get up the attempts or a three-point shooting team. So uh, I like it, man, especially, you know, it backs it up. He's hit three, at least in three straight games. So uh, hopefully the, the his shots are uh, knocking down for him in game two. Yes, sir. All right. So let's go. We're going to take a quick break. Then we'll get into our best, our locks for the night. Um, and then we'll close out the show. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out of teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup feature for $45, and when the team was down 3-1 against the Maple Leafs. A few days later, he flipped that same ticket for $600. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by SGPN, the SGPN app. The SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Plus, the app is the exclusive way to enter all of the SGPN contests, including our SGPN $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just download the app and hit the contest tab for your chance to take home $1,000. Don't forget to toss us an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, Munaf, let's talk locks. What are your best bets? We only got two games on deck, but... I know you're the total man. So what you what are you eyeing tonight or tomorrow night? Yeah, let's see. Let me see if I can see a couple of first half lines here. Um, you know, Clippers have really come out in the first half, especially in the, in the round one series where they were sh- uh, the first quarters were really going over. Um, I'm going to chase that first half over in the Clippers and Jazz game. I think the shot making will be better for the Utah Jazz um, in 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 the first half. I don't think they'll miss twenty straight shots again. Um, I think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George will shoot better. I think we'll see a lot more pace in the first half. We usually do in these playoff games that the pace is higher in the first half, 
and then it kind of slows down in the second half where they're kind of making those defensive adjustments and and uh, getting down on the on defensive energy. So I'll take the over 112. I see it at 112 and a half at a couple other books, but I'm still comfortable with that. So give me the over first half in the Clippers and Jazz. I like it. And I'm going to take my best bet. Man, I don't know why I'm trusting in green light. Marcus Morris <laughs> over 11 and a half points. I just, I don't know, man. I just think that he's the right player, the stretch four position, man. I think he's going to continue to hoist, to hoist a bunch of shots. So I think the, the margin for error is pretty low for him uh, to get busy. He was only, he only scored nine points uh, last game. You know, he shot horribly from the field. So I think he can definitely write that wrong. Um, in addition to that, man, I'm going to go with my, I'm going to go with my Brooklyn money line pick at plus odds. I, I, I like think it. that Brooklyn, Brooklyn's going to get it done. Go up 3-0. Um, and really put the put the pressure on the Milwaukee Bucks here uh, with with a couple home games left. So I'm gonna go Brooklyn and Marcus Mars over eleven and a half points. I like it. Do, do you have any uh, future? Oh, sorry, not future or playoff exact series uh, bets or uh, any live or updated uh, series uh, prices that you're looking at? Uh, let me take a look real quick. I think the only one that kind of stuck out to me was probably taking the Clippers. To win this series, you probably see that plus money right now. I know I'm kind of like contradicting myself because I like Utah in game two, but nah, man, uh, take that, take that uh Clippers in seven, man. Plus five hundred, still showing it. It's still showing it. Yeah, let me see. Uh it probably take him a six or seven games here. Do you see a number on that? Uh Sixers in seven, I see as plus two fifty. I mean, I'm sorry, I meant the Clippers. Oh, clips. We yeah. got uh clips and clips and Clips in six and clips in seven are both showing as plus 500. Wow. Yeah, sign me up for that one, man. I'll take the Clippers right? in. Yeah. Six or seven. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, give me that. Five oh, to one. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. We can do that for sure. Um, and if you're a believer in Utah, still a lot of plus money available out there, too. Uh, for a jazz sweep, plus seven. Uh, for for a gentleman sweep, we got uh, three three to one odds. So if you're out there and you believe in them, it's not me. I'm going to put my money on the Clippers back in the back in the Kawhi and, and playoff P. Um, but yeah, and for Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, what are your thoughts on that series? So I, I see the the sweep four to one, four and a half to one uh, for the gentleman's sweep. We got two point three to one and then six games. We got uh, three to one and then game seven, four to one. Yeah, uh, man, I think it's done in five, man. I think it's going to be Brooklyn in, in five games. I think they'll get one. I think they'll split in Milwaukee, and then maybe, just maybe, they get hardened back for game five. Um, But I don't think they'll need them at that point, so they'll probably just give them out. But I'll take Brooklyn in five. I see it at plus 225 on my book, so... Yeah, Brooklyn in five. What do you Man, think? That's that's scary. Harden's not even playing, and they're right. making such <laughs> easy work out of the Bucks, man. Um, I, I think I like that too. For the gentleman sweep sounds right to me. I think yeah. the Bucks will be able to get at least one game. Maybe they they get a semblance of what it feels like to write the ship, but I mean, ultimately they just don't stand a chance. Like this offensive juggernaut is too much. Um. Yeah, I think I like it. I think I like it. Brooklyn take this one four to one. Agreed. Yeah, I like it, man. I think, and then one more thing I'm going to put down. 
it's minus odds. It's a little juicy at minus 120, but I'll take Sixers and Hawks to be tied uh, after game four to be tied 2-2 at minus 120. We talked about, I think, how we, we think that they're going to split the two games like they did in Philadelphia to be 2-2 after game four. So I'll does to me like a smart bet at minus 120, but I just feel like that Atlanta will get one at home and Sixers will respond in probably in game four. So expect the series to be tied after game four at two of two apiece at minus 120. Interesting. And I was looking at the series total games. I'm still a believer of Sixers and six. Um, seeing that six games to end the series at plus 145. Yes. This could very well be the Hawks and six, um, the way that they oh. looked in the first game. Yeah. But you know, this is a six-game total. I think the series isn't going to go seven. So, plus 145, not a bad bet if you're on the Hawks side or the Sixers side like I am. Um, but, yeah, series total, minus 230, I'm seeing for the Sixers. I think they're going to get it done. A couple ways I can hedge here. So, yep. um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, Sixers and Sixers is the best odds I'm going to get. And I'm seeing that <clears throat> at plus 300, three to one. So, not too bad of odds. I like it, man. Hopefully uh... – some of these go our way. I really like that Brooklyn one and then the Philly one I just mentioned. So, and the Clippers. Um, yeah. Hopefully we cash. I know we, well, I think we all cashed after we picked up the Clippers when they were down 0-2 in right. round one against Dallas. I think that was just like an SGPN uh, big catch that we had between, I think I had it, Zach had it. I think Sean and Ryan had it also. Did you have that one? I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there we, we go. Kramer, Kramer had it as well, man. He's been riding yeah. the Clipper wave as well. Uh, with his with with his super uh super gassed odds man he's been hitting crazy <laughs> with them though yeah um, his his book might shut him down after after a while <laughs> man he needs to be careful he needs to spread his uh yeah get some more outs i about to say make sure he doesn't go to barstool man because you know freaking <laughs> stool stool presidente is going to definitely be out in him on some shit trying to shut him down thinking thinking he's uh, but, uh the card counters as he referred to it card counters. there you go um but yeah, man, I'm, it looks like my exposure for the Clippers and Sixers is getting ugly right now. So I'm gonna need some things to go my way, but I'm still holding out hope that this is gonna be how it's gonna how it's gonna all pan out. But that'll conclude our show. Thanks for listening, DJs. We'll be back once again on Friday with Fat Baby McKee. Stacking the Money Green will also be joining him in a special appearance. So make sure you check for that. Send us your plays, your fades in the Slack channel. We'll be watching, listening. Until then, we'll holler at y'all. See you next time. Peace. And let it ride. Basketball. Give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna go get it.